What we do here is go back, 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 back. Ooh la 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 is all I have to say to start today's show. We oui, we oui, and no no to your ooh la la, but yeah, you got the right spirit, buddy. You're listening to this podcast is delicious, hosted by myself, Marco Timpano, and and me, my- Ali Hassan. Uh, yeah, very happy to be here today. If you're tuning in for the first time, we talk about food and drink. Our backgrounds are diverse. We're both comedians. We both uh, have worked in the food industry. And if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard Ali correct me a million times whenever I try to say French words. I mean, it's uh, it's tough work, but somebody's got to do it, right? Rather, you know what I'm doing? I'm saving our listeners the effort of writing in. They're like, okay, Ali took it, took, took care of it. We don't need to write a scathing uh, a vile letter, uh, you know, telling this guy um, what a lowly human he is. So I'm, I'm doing you a favor. Well, uh-huh. fair, fair enough. He does correct me. He's rather mean about it, but that's fine. Oh. Uh, uh, if you listen carefully, I'm much nicer when I'm correcting you with the Italian words. Now, it should be said that you are from actually two uh, French provinces. That's where you got your start kind of thing. Uh, so your knowledge of French, I'm going to say, is high up there. Certainly better than mine, right? Uh, it's It gets... You know, the kids are, my kids are all in French, so it's it's a little better than it was. Sometimes it's great, and then it dips again. It's all about practice, any language, but it's pretty decent. Better than yours is, I mean, whose isn't? You know what I mean? What, the funny thing is, I have a bunch of relatives who live in France, born and raised in France. Oh, man. Yeah. I should go hang with those people. Those uh, are the real, those would be the pleasure, uh, the, you know, pleasurable tempanos to hang around with. Uh, true, true. It's actually my other side of the family, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. Okay. So I wrote down a bunch of French terms that one might see in on menus. You might see it in cooking recipes or recipes, or they're just French terms. I think cooking, French is the language of cooking, correct? Is that fair to say? You know, that's a very colonial approach there, Marco. It is. It is. It, you know, the. I mean, you know, there's civilizations that existed before the French, uh, Marco. Look, you and I have both t- taken a huge crap on the French many times, but their contributions to cooking and where we've been able to go, you even even in the um, the territories that they've colonized, you know, the Vietnamese, for example, the banh mi. We love the the the, the banh mi. Most sure. people love those sandwiches, those submarine sandwiches. But they are as good as they are because of the French bread, those small baguettes. And the Vietnamese place that same importance on the freshness of the ah. baguette that the French did. So, so the French, for all their... Um, you know, insidious, uh, horrible behavior here and there also have left uh, interesting, fascinating, and in some cases, delicious, um, you know, legacies behind. So they are worth talking about whether you're super, uh, you know, whether you want to think that they're the cradle of a culinary civilization. Uh, Marco, you know, I, I would argue against that, but I would say they've contributed something very significant to the world. Certainly one could start with the fact that the word cuisine is a French word. Sure. sure. Okay. But cuisine oh. and what it means, cooking, existed long before the French True. came along. We True. Should, we Listen, should recognize that. You're 100% right. I don't want to colonize anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> I think Anymore. I think... You woke up this morning super uh, co- colonial heavy. And no, now I'm talking about my ancestors. Know. I'm talking about the people who, who the people, you know. Of course. You know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. That's a whole other conversation, but I it recognize what, exactly what you're saying. I apologize if, if, if I might have spoke out of term there. All right, Ali, I'm going to just rattle off a bunch of French terms, and sure. you're going to do your best to define them or make me understand what they are. And yeah. uh, let's just see how many you get right. Let's make it like a quiz if you want. And uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to go alphabetically. Sure. And uh, clearly, you're going to pr- correct my pronunciation. Listen, I'll say it off the top. My French is its the one thing that I hate about myself is I didn't go further in French because when I was a kid, I was good at it. And then I was i was told by my best friend, we didn't need to study French anymore. We should study typing. So I dropped French <laughs> for guy? typing. His name Who is, is Danny, Danny Valachi. And he's like, we don't need French. Typing's more important. Let's take a typing. Although, although I mean, both would have been great. But, but typing... Those of us who took typing, we are laughing right now, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't even know how to say typewriter in French, but we were on typewriters, if you can believe it. Oh, gosh, I forget myself. Damn it. I would have loved to have made fun of you right now. Are you ready, my friend? Yes, let's All do right, it. All right, let's start in the A's. Aeoli. Right. So an aeoli, you know, at this point, if you're not a purist, you would just say it's a glorified mayonnaise, Right. right? But but essentially, uh, it was made with um, with just an oil and uh, you know olive oil and uh, and raw eggs. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. Whereas mayonnaise is not made with an olive oil; it's usually a neutral oil, and then mayonnaise has a little bit of vinegar in it. Aioli uses lemon juice, so an aioli is egg yolks and a, uh, a an olive oil and lemon juice that is what it is sometimes then from that you can add the french will add mustard i'm so i'm sure you've seen every kind you know chipotle uh, sure. aioli and sriracha aioli on all this kind of stuff typically what most restaurants are doing are taking mayonnaise adding some sriracha to it and calling it a sriracha aioli okay so um that's typically what's happening but really if you're in a french restaurant it will be made with raw egg yolks, but they'll be made in in, in a way with it's it's uh, you know there's nothing they're emulsified, uh, and they are not uh, harmful. And emulsified means you're just blending it together with a hand That's blender right. or some sort of uh, device. Right. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Okay, this I see a lot with fish, like sole. I'll see this word that comes with it. Amandine. Amandine. Do you know what une amande is in French? Yeah, I believe it's an almond. You got it, buddy. Yeah. That's anything. I'm a, now, there's actually something d- interesting that I learned that uh, that I didn't know. Uh, you know, I was in a bakery and I see this chocolate cake, but it's called an amandine. And I was like, does it have almonds in it? Right. And they were like, well, uh, sometimes it's it's an almond cream, but no almonds. So I thought amandine always meant, you know, like, as you said, cod crusted in in uh, in 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 um, almonds or or garnished with almonds, but there is also a Romanian cake. Oh, that is called an amandine that that has much less to do with. You're not finding almonds in it. It's incorporated maybe in the cream there, but it looks like a chocolate sponge cake. An important word for people who have allergies to nuts to know this word in French. I would say yes, yeah, yeah. I and they would do that. I'm okay, sure. a bit of a controversial word here. Me and Ali had a little debate before we started recording, and it's the bain marie. Well, the debate is that it's ben, ben Marie. Okay, first of all, that's that's the real debate here, buddy. It's a, you know what that is? It's a double boiler. Uh, it, it it's 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 one pot sits on the stove top with with water boiling in it, and you put another pot on top of it. And in a proper Ben Marie or double boiler, they fit 
neatly within each other. They're made to fit within each other. Why do you need this? You yeah. need this when you are, for example, making a hollandaise sauce. We'll get to that very soon where you don't want to cook the eggs right on the high heat, but the uh, the warmth and little bit of heat coming off of boiling water or steam is exactly what you need to really slowly cook something. The other time that I think of it uh, is with um, uh, chocolate. Chocolate to temper when chocolate. When you want right? to melt, yeah. When you want to melt, when you want to temper chocolate, it should not be over direct heat. It should be over that steam that's generated by uh, simmering water. And um, so in tempering and in, in very, very low heat cooking, a double boiler is very useful. And that's what a bain-marie is. I don't know who Marie is. I can look this up. I don't and know why is she, she taking a bath? From. Dude, she... <laughs> we're three. We're three in and I'm already super impressed with your definitions. I'm oh, like, oh, you, I wasn't expecting this. I thought you were just going to rattle a joke here and there. Off. You know what? Oh, God, there might be some failures. Okay. We'll see. We'll see where well, this goes. While you're looking up bain-marie, I want to say this. I love the next one. You can serve me this this any day of the week and it's bechamel yeah you like bechamel do i you? love bechamel you know some you people put bechamel in their lasagna and some people feel it's sacrilegious for me a well-timed bechamel is a glorious yeah. thing okay why don't we at the end of all of this talk yeah. about the five mother sauces okay bechamel is one of the mother sauces in in uh, in in france and I'll just and we'll go through all of them because if great. you made a list of all these things, the other four are, I'm sure, coming up, or great. at least three of them are coming up. So I'll just tell Laurel. Laurel, write this down because you know we're not going to get to them. No, no, I'm sure we'll get to okay. them. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go to the going, next. Hey, are you going uh, alphabetical? I am. Is that okay with you? Well, I bet I bet that one of the mother sauces is right at the end. It starts with a V. Okay. And I'm sure you'll have a velouté there. But all anyway, right. we'll all let's, right. see. let's see. Okay. Next one. Beurre blanc. Beurre meaning butter. Oh, I know that God, much. Blanc yeah. meaning white. White yeah, butter? Well, it's, you don't pronounce the C, buddy. It's okay. beurre blanc. But anyway, okay. it's um, it's a butter sauce. It has uh, white wine in it. Oh. So it has a tanginess that's a little bit different from, uh, let's say, a hollandaise or a velouté. And it has to be, again, whisked um you know, very quickly and in very low heat or off heat so that they don't, uh, these don't separate so that you, you, you don't have one cooking and, uh, and curdling and that kind of stuff, you know, out of the, the, I, the butter. I never the... knew what that meant for Blanc. Clearly the French don't have a problem giving their people heart attacks with their cuisine. Clearly. No. Oh no. my God. They really, really don't. I mean, but but and then also they're in, in great shape somehow, which True. is True. It's, it's the wine, I guess. Okay. Bisque. Yeah. B-I-S-Q-E. A bisque. Q-U-E. I mean, I know what a bisque is. I've had lobster bisque many times, and I believe, and I have to look this up to confirm it, but I believe it's heavy cream added to a sauce. So it's uh, like, it's 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 a very thick, creamy sauce, but I believe it's heavy cream. Sauce or look. a soup? Yeah, a soup. A soup. Okay. Uh, a bisque is a soup. And it is, I look up bisque and a bunch of restaurants called bisque show up. It's a smooth, uh, creamy, highly seasoned soup of French origin. Classically okay. based in strained broth. So not necessarily double cream or heavy cream, but yes, smooth, creamy. Uh, I, I would imagine that's what you're usually putting on. Yeah, I think it. it I think yeah. cream is an important part of the bisque because it does say creamy, yeah. but I, that's just a, a quick Google search is what I saw there. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for that. Bouillon. Bouillon. Bouillon is stock. 
quite simply. And uh, people know bouillon from bouillon cubes that they yes. buy, which uh, I've, uh, you know, whatever. You got to do what you got to do. But I haven't bought a bouillon cube in about 25 years. As soon as I learned how easy it was to make stock, I don't buy the, the cubes anymore because I don't know what's in them. But I don't know if anyone's ever put a bouillon cube in their in their mouth. It's intense. It's a bit much. It's crazy. I would rather make um, stock from from scratch with um, vegetable scraps and and um, and meat, you know, leftover bones and stuff like that. But bouillon is basically stock. A stock is a liquid that you that a flavored liquid, and the flavor of it is gained from either vegetables or vegetables and bones. Or, um, you know, like fish head and stuff like that, like very flavorful uh, bones from meat or seafood or just from vegetables. Okay. Uh, you go to a fancy party, you're dressed to the nines. First thing that's being passed around is a canapé. A canapé. I wish I knew what a canapé was. I should, you know, I specialized in in these sort of handheld appetizers, but that's what a canapé is. It's usually something you can hold a drink in one hand. You know, it's not a two-hander. A hot right. dog would not qualify as a canapé, but it's a one-hand, one-bite or two-bite appetizer or uh, hors d'oeuvre, which I'm sure is another word that you Okay, so that you. brings me back. So that's a canapé. What's an amuse-bouche? What's the yeah, difference uh, between the two? I will tell you that an yes. amuse-bouche, the, the, the goal of it is really uh, to just awaken the, the taste buds. Okay. Whereas a, a few canapés will, will will fill you up potentially, right. or they'll serve as an appetizer, you know. Uh, and but is it safe to is it safe to say an amuse bouche you get when you sit down before your meal? It's like the very first thing you get served. Whereas a canapé can be served while you're walking around, say cocktail cocktail hour. Yeah, you know, um, um, amuse bouche is usually at the beginning. Okay. It's like a, a this has been my experience in in restaurants. It's um it's kind of this complimentary this you don't order it. You don't order it. It's just sort of here's a amuse amuse bouche. Amuse bouche by the way means uh quite literally to um to make your mouth smile, to to light up your mouth. Bouche is your mouth and amuse is like to amuse, but but more than that. Um so it's a little thing that just you know, it's like a tiny introduction of flavor into your mouth to get the to get the to to, to wet the appetite. It's a whereas not... a, a canapé or hors d'oeuvre actually might satisfy your appetite. I see. All right, one of the words that I think is overly used, and I'm not a huge fan fan of charcuterie. Yeah, and also the way you pronounce it is with so much hatred. I do. Uh, a charcuterie is uh yeah. Listen, man. I'm surprised you hate it because it's such a it, 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 there's so much room for exploration and interpretation there. I mean, I, I've seen vegan charcuterie boards, cheese boards, meat boards, uh, heavy on the vegetables and and uh, and uh, and fruits. Now, charcut is you know it's supposed to be it's supposed to be meat, right? It was always devoted to prepared meats, um, but it's really like it's become something else completely. But it's a it's a it's a it's a branch of cooking in in France that is really those you know sausages and terrines and pates and uh, 
uh, yeah, yeah, all kinds of cured meats and sausages. I hate it. I hate it. You know why? Because I always feel like I'm being gouged in the price. It's a few slices of salami meats, a little bit of mustard, a little aioli bullshitty thing. It served to me $44. My dad used to make that when we would have guests come over just as a casual snack. It'd be like, you want a beer and some sliced uh, cured salamis that he's made? He would put it there. It was so casual. And then now when I hear charcuterie, it's always like this thing. Oh, we should get a charcuterie board. Oh, we should do this. Oh, this place is fancy because it's a charcuterie board. I'm like, they're slicing meat. I could go to the deli. Spend 15 bucks and have a charcuterie board on my kitchen table that spans the table. That's how I this feel is about the, it. This is the essence of your anger. Yeah. Your dad did it for free. Yeah. Why are you paying for yeah, it now? I totally. completely understand. I'll tell you why I like a charcuterie board. Okay, tell us. <laughs> I'm not very artistic, bro. I I, I don't find myself, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a big source of shame. You give me a paintbrush and an easel and I, there's nothing. Nothing is ever going to come. But a charcuterie board, because of the complete like you're you're it's just subject to your own imp- interpretation so the meats are usually you know sort of red maroon crimson brown a little pale pink so you have that but then you can add cheese and crackers that you know have these interesting whites and yellows and oranges and then you can have sliced pears and sliced apples and grapes add this beautiful green all of a sudden you have nuts, which are a completely different shape. You know, if sure. you have pistachios or cashews on the board, that kind of mixes things up a little bit. And, you know, in different places on a large enough board, you can put these, you know, different types of mustards or, as you said, bullshit aiolis, whatever they are. And um, and also pickles and olives, you know, these speckles of sort of black. You have, sure. can have strawberries and cherries on there. And I don't know, man, it's the one time where I feel like I might have some artistic sensibilities really the one time okay and, so that's your uh, palette so that's, that's your the, the the olive board is your palette and your paints are these various things you just exactly, mentioned. exactly okay here's a word i never understand but i think i know what it means chiffonade yeah a chiffonade like a chiffon is uh you know it's like um that loose chiffon, you know, it's like yeah. a loose, light material, very airy material. So um, a chiffonade is ribbons. Oh, You're making ribbons okay. with something. So what you would do, for example, to make a chiffonade, let's say you take, um, let's say a zucchini. Yes. And you, to make a chiffonade, you cut the zucchini into very, very, very thin slices. And then you take a few of them and you roll them. Okay. And once they're rolled, these slices, they have to be very thin, so they roll easily. Then you slice them again. Oh. And you have sort of like these like ribbons of of, of vegetables. Usually it's done with vegetables, the chiffonade. I am humbled because I did not think that's what that was. So thank you. I learned something. Uh, Speaking of learning something, we had put this on our um, wedding registry, and I didn't understand why my wife put this on the wedding registry. I'm like, when are we ever going to use this? Probably one of the most used things in our kitchen, chinois. What the chinois? chinois. Chinese. What is? Oh, tell me what that is again, man. Okay, I so don't... Sh- chinois okay. is, and I will acknowledge this is probably a very racist 
uh, word oh, for this it's item. This, it's it's I know what it it's is. this triangular shaped um, sieve. It's like a colander. It's yes, like a colander yes, or yes. sieve, a very yes. thin sieve that it has a triangular shape to it with a handle, right? So you're able to pour a lot of items in there to strain whatever it is you're cooking, right? Now we use a colander for pasta, and in in I've used that all my life. For some reason, now my home with my wife, we do not own a colander or a scola pasta as i like to refer to it instead mm. we have this chinois and we hang it in our kitchen on a on a hook and it has a really beautiful shape to it and my wife is constantly using the chinois it's a pain in the ass to clean tell me where she's using it because when i think of a chinois i think of uh, i think of the patisseries okay and the patisseurs who have like you know icing sugar or cocoa or cinnamon sure. in there and then they tap it and it comes out in a very nice, in a way you couldn't just sort of sprinkle with a spoon in oh, your hand. It that might be very she, even sprinkling. She uses it to do a couple things. So she'll use it to strain pasta, which I know it's not its purpose. But also mm. if you have something that you're pureeing and you want to make sure all the fibers, you want to just get the sort of the liquid of, let's say, a squash, oh, sure. you're sure, pushing sure, it through sure. the chinois. She does so much with that chinois that it's like I, I never in a million years thought this would be the item that we use. And she had put it on her registry. Whereas I put a spatula that had one end for peanut butter, one end for jam that you could use that is no longer in our home. Was it our home for a month? And she's like, why did you put this thing on the list? Gone. Oh, God. That's very funny. Okay. Well, good for you guys. I'm glad it's there. I'm sad about your spatula buddy i know i know what to get you to for christmas or your birthday a chinois is coming your way mm -hmm. my friend okay confit this word comes up everywhere i'm sure a lot of our listeners are like i don't know what it is i pretend to know what it is but i see it everywhere confit one of my favorite things duck confit of duck is is amazing um basically and it's it's very hard to understand if you don't do any cooking of any kind right. um the process is using the fat of this 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 animal this is the, the, the you know so you have you you need something very fatty for, like a for duck confit. duck is full of fat so, right? yeah or you could put some other meat in the duck confit using the fat of the animal but duck is perfect because it has that thick fat and you render it and you do it very very slowly basically okay um it's not deep fat frying at all you know it's uh it's it's really like Let's say you you would cook chicken somewhere between three fifty and four hundred in your sure. oven. This is two hundred. Oh, two hundred degrees, and for a long time, and it's in that fat that it's slowly cooked, and then that fat also preserves the food afterwards. So you can have duck confit in the fat, and the fat acts like better than any you know saran wrap or sure. foil or anything. It, it it surrounds the food and preserves it for 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 weeks or months, man. And then you can eat chunks of that food with the confit, with the fat attached to it or, or, or surrounding. You could eat it like that, yes? I mean, you want to warm it up. Cold okay. fat is not ideal, in my opinion. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's, um, it, it's uh, an amazing way of cooking things. And that, that confit can be reused over and over again also. Yum. I used to oh man I'm I'm going down a down a trip down memory lane I used to confit duck and then I used to uh, shred it and it was so so tender and we used to put it in these spring rolls yum and have this uh, hoisin uh, peanut and hoisin um sauce Vietnamese you know fresh spring rolls sure. and um that's a good way to use it and I'm just wow. uh, It's like remembering an old girlfriend that's yeah. what I'm making me do right now yeah okay All what right. else you got consume 
Once again, consumé on a lot of menus. Do you want to order it? Do you think it's a use a waste of time? Ali will define it. Well, this was one of my least favorite soups as a child. I really, really hated consomme. I didn't understand its purpose. Yeah. I was like, why are we having this when there's like Campbell's mushroom soup right there or chicken soup? Why are we having this? A consomme is just it's a it's a clear soup and and it's supposed to be um it's supposed to be very flavorful we had the Campbell's, you know, or whatever brand sure. Metro grocery store brand consomme. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't ideal. Um, it wasn't great, but it can then be used. It's, it's basically broth soup, but consomme should be, you know, more, more, uh, flavorful. Okay. Uh, but then it could be used. You could put consomme in, uh, soups or in, you could, I, you know, I imagine if you cooked rice, like a pilaf in consomme, that would be great. Personally, I there's such a, I would rather make a stock and then build on that rather than a consomme. Okay, good to know. Coolie, this you see it all the time. If you watch the sure. Food Networks, if you're ordering dessert, there it always has a raspberry so coolie somewhere. So funny the way you just pronounced that. Uh, coolie, the way you said it, is actually a derogatory word in the West Indies, uh, and um, and in 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 India as well. Coolie is what this is and it's it's basically a thin jam right it's a puree of of fruits you know what you could probably use that chinois actually to uh, to make this, make this, this type go. of puree yeah putting yeah, two it's, it's two racist words together jam. to make a beautiful yeah. thing it sounds like all right creme fraiche everyone says go get creme fraiche it's delicious it's wonderful i don't know where to get creme fraiche i don't know where to buy or to make creme yeah. fraiche that's interesting. Uh, you can make it. It never quite, in my experience, uh, adds up. But creme fraiche, you can get from a French bakery, okay. for sure. But it's, you know, at home, when you make it at home, I think it's like heavy cream and sour cream. Oh, so it's a it's combo of both? Because I never understood. Is, <laughs> like, is it, can I sub sour cream for creme fraiche? It, can I use mascarpone for creme fraiche? Is it just whipping cream ultra whipped? I never understand what it is. I mean, you'd have to look that up, but okay. it is definitely, it is very similar to sour cream. Creme fraiche is, you know, um, a, a fresh but slightly tangy uh, cream. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. I'm going to skip some of these things on my list because otherwise we're not going to get through the letter C uh, <laughs> before the end of this episode. Okay. Here's a French Canadian thing that I want our listeners who don't live in Quebec or who don't live in, in Canada to uh, discover creton. Oh man, creton! Yeah, you have to be. Uh, you have to. I don't know if I've ever had creton outside of uh, outside of Quebec. It's such a huge part of Quebec, Quebec culture. Yeah, culture. Yeah. And uh, as a Muslim, also, it was just it wasn't around a lot. But um, it's it's very much like a pate, but it's very uh, it's thicker than a pate. And so creton is like, um, and it's made of pork, right? Pork forward. It, it's it's always pork forward, very pork forward. I think it's pork and breadcrumbs. It's it's cheap. It's cheap. So uh, pork, breadcrumbs, maybe milk and a few spices, spices stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but I know that the ingredient. It's it's very like sort of working man's working man's uh, pate. Well, I, I really love it. I see it at breakfast. Like I'll see it in, when I go for brunch at sure. certain fancy breakfast. That's a side dish. I always get it. 
Something uh, else. Yeah, I if I'll... anyone knows what rillette are, French, uh, you have a rillette. It's similar to that. You know, it's a and a, yeah, breakfast would be a great place. Or if you just buy a baguette and some creton, uh, what a great little picnic you've yeah. already started for yourself. Okay, here's one that I that you see everywhere if you watch cooking shows or if you look at uh, menus or if you even uh, have have a cookbook. Demi glass. Yeah, demi-glace, and I have to confirm this, buddy, but a demi-glace is, as far as I know, a stock. I don't want to say it's reduced by 50%. I think the 50% is wrong, but it is a stock that is reduced and concentrated in flavor. Okay. Okay. So, And, and it's a beef stock. You it's don't a have stock. a demi-glace of a vegetarian stock, I don't believe. It's beef or it's veal. Uh, it's, you know, it's a red meat, one of those animals. I don't think you have a demi-glace of chicken stock. It's um it's veal or lamb or pork or beef and it is not sorry not pork, uh, and it's uh and it's reduced and slightly thickened. It's not that thick. Okay. But it is reduced to concentrate the flavor and thicken it slightly. Thank you. Frappe, 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 frappe is uh, frappe means something that's beaten or whipped, and so a frappe has been another word for basically a smoothie. Right. Right, smoothies or milkshakes, they I hear them as frappes. Yeah, yeah, I think in Montreal we had a place called Café Frappé. Is that crazy? It, that's for sure we did, but I can't remember anything about it other than its name. But it was, uh, yeah, that was our introduction to frappes. Au gratin. Au gratin. Yeah, au gratin. Au gratin means... Uh, I, oh, God, I, I hope this is right, and uh, excuse me if I'm not. I think... Gratiné means to um, what do you call that on like a uh, you know like a cheese grater great, grater great, gratiné yeah. means to grate the grate. I was looking to I was trying to think too fancy there. It means to grate. So au gratin simply means to have grated cheese on top of something. So for example, uh, onion soup, right, with that cheese covering on top of it. Lasagna. Sometimes people will leave the top of the lasagna just the sheets, and then inside the lasagna is where the cheese is. But usually, it's done au gratin, with you have the the the, the, the cheese grated on top. I will add that you could also use breadcrumbs au gratin with breadcrumbs grated. Oh, is bread that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So oh. breadcrumbs and cheese. Oh. Either oh, way, yeah, because grated. The, the whole point is that it's grated. Yeah. But that's interesting. If you hear au gratin and I'm thinking cheese and you're thinking breadcrumbs, one of us is getting disappointed. It's true. Julien, you've said it on yeah. this program or this podcast <laughs> many times. People have written in, who is this woman? Why is Ali always talking yeah. about her? Yeah. Also, when the when you see the two N's and the E, you can you can you can hit that landing, buddy. Julien. Julienne is okay. how it's pronounced. The Jul Julienne is, um, you know, I don't know what the exact word means in French, to be honest, but but it is uh, cutting something into the size of matchsticks. So when you're julienning a carrot, the first thing you do is you take off the roundness of the carrot and you you um, you you trim it so that it's a box shape and it's small, the length of a matchstick, and then you cut it into, you know, uh, even. What do you want to say? Sheets, rectangles. Sure. And then you 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 put those rectangles one on top of each other, and you cut them again in thin slices to get matchsticks. And you can julienne any number of fruits or vegetables. It's a beautiful presentation um, to make like a julienne uh, a salad, which is all julienne vegetable uh, peppers and and zucchini and cucumbers and radishes. It's like 
super lively and beautiful. And I don't know, for, for some reason, that shape, I really enjoy eating too. Um, I tried to look up the etymology of Ju- uh, Julienne and I could not find it. So, okay. so just a name. Oju. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, to, to, quite simply, with juice. So you get a steak. Oju means it's going to be sitting in the, the juice that it was, uh, you know, cooked in or be in a little jar um, or I don't know what those containers are called, man. A little um, terrine, a little, you know, a, a little, little gravy boat, I you see. Know, that kind of thing. Gravy oh, jug. But this refers to only meat juices, right? Or would That's oju. Right. Okay, great. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I don't think there's any other. Yeah. Right. That okay. is for meats. Here's one a lot of listeners been asking about mirepoix. Mirepoix. Do you know what this is? No, uh, uh, I do. Uh, it is. No, I don't. I can't. I can't think off off offhand. A classic, um, like not a mother sauce, but a classic, um, like a sofrito presentation. Like... Oh, okay, exactly. Okay. Very much like a sofrito. It is carrots, onions, and celery. That's it. That's it. And it is sautéed to uh, sort of bring out the flavor of each of those. Now. You know, dude, I'm like a, a flavor hunter over here. So mm-hmm. my mirepoix almost inevitably uh, will also have some garlic and uh-huh. some fresh thyme and some chili flakes going in. And I just feel like, okay, this is nice. This is cute. You know, carrots, right. celery, and onions. Great. But we could do more here. It, but anyway, mirepoix is classically those three ingredients yeah, sauteed. Like and they're the base based. for any number of things, including pasta sauces. And, yeah, uh, yeah and, it's and it's sort of the three items that you start cooking before anything else if you're making a dish kind of thing. That's right. Okay, That's you've right. said this many times, my friend. I know what it means, but let's just define it for our listeners. Mise en place. Three words. Mise oh, en uh, place. <laughs> Mise en place means... Uh, Mise en place is very... Uh, you know, Russell Peters, famous comedian. Yes. Once told me he went to chef school. Oh, I didn't. Know and that. the reason he couldn't, the reason he didn't um, make it, uh, and if you're a fan of Russell Peters, as I am, a, a good thing he didn't make it, uh, was because he couldn't manage his mise en place. He couldn't keep his station clean. Mise en place refers to the idea of everything having its area. So you have containers. This is where your green onions, your shallots will be. This is where your garlic will be. This is where. And it, it it suggests always keeping your station tidy and en place, everything in its proper place. place. Oh, great. Uh, another public service announcement here for anyone who has allergies. I bring you this word, noisette. Noisette is... Is it just when something is nutty, maybe? Hazelnut. I thought it was specifically hazelnut. Hazelnut forward. Oh, a noisette is a hazelnut. You're probably right, right about that. So, like, stump me on that one. I, I could, I could be wrong because sometimes, you know, uh, I know in Italian, noce means nuts, but it also means like walnut. Like it has a specific. So, noisette could be nuts or hazelnut. So, so I'm not the French expert here. You're the one who claims to be. So, I leave that. In your uh, you hands. know what? I think it might be both. I think it mm. might be because I've also like, you know, browned butter. Yes, is like. A beurre noisette or sauce noisette also. Right. So uh, I don't m- imagine that's hazelnut right. only. I think it's just nutty, nutty, nutty flavor. Nutty flavor. I okay. think it's both. Yeah. yeah. Here's I one. Like, I can tell you. Here's one I'd like to know. Parisien. Parisian. Parisien. What does that mean with regards uh, to cooking? 
Dude, I don't know. I've had Parisian potatoes. Potatoes, right? That's what yeah. I think. Yeah. Let me. I, okay. I love While Parisian he's or... looking that up, he's going to look up that. Uh, I've skipped over a couple things just for time, folks. But if there's a French culinary term or an Italian culinary term, or you pick the language, if there's a culinary term that you would like to know more about, you can mm. always email, email us at thispodcastisdelicious at gmail.com. You can find it in the show notes in case you're like, I don't have a pen to write. I'm driving to Paris, Ontario, and I really want to know about Parisien. And uh, so I throw it back to Ali, who's going to tell us what Parisien means. Dude, I just learned something. This is very interesting. The Parisien is a small tool Ooh. used for scooping balls out of vegetables or fruits or for portioning uh, truffle ganache, it, it, also known as a melon baller. Okay. So when you have something a la Parisienne, it's small round so parisian potatoes, potatoes. Parisienne will ah. be like those baby potatoes or new potatoes you know beautiful um yeah i love yeah, it very I interesting it. i didn't know that oh man i'm gonna parisien a melon a, a honeydew melon later on <laughs> like it's going to sound... okay you've mentioned this uh, a few times on this episode i'm sure a lot of people know what it is but i'd like a definition pate p a with a squiggle yeah. a hat on top of it t e with a slash above it pate you said it Great. Good for you. Uh, still a slight Italian pronunciation in there, but what are you going to do? You I'm not going to apologize for that. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, you know, pâté is very interesting because a pâté is a dough. A pâté is also pasta. Okay. A pâté is like refers to meat. Um, so really it's this word of like paste or something like dough. Um, but when you say pâté, what you're really talking about is that meat that is preserved in some kind of jelly or aspic or some kind of, you know, um, agar agar, some kind of jelly. Sure. And, uh, and it's, it's preserved and it's usually, you know, this, this fan- duck pate for me, one of my favorite things ever. And, and if I'm going on a, you know, a picnic, as I mentioned, it's baguette and pate, uh, duck pate or some sort of wild game pate. And so it's that meat in chunks and it's it's uh, mixed with all kinds of different herbs and spices and it's really quite wonderful. Okay. Here's one of my favorite French terms in cooking, quenelle. It has a oh, double yeah. me- it has a double meaning in, in in the culinary world. I didn't know the double meaning. I know when you do a quenelle is you take uh for example, let's say you're making falafel, okay? You take a scoop out of your um your 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 mixture, your batter, it's a thick batter, yes. and it goes on the spoon. And then you take another spoon to scoop that out, thereby making this sort of like rugby ball yes. shape, right? So yes. those are that's a canal. I guess it's the shape, and also the process of doing that might be called the. Oh no, I was probably making a canal. So it's right. it's that shape. What's it, the double meaning? It's buddy? also a mixture of creamed fish or meat. Sometimes combined with breadcrumbs. Oh, how do you like that? There you go. So cannelle is also a dish. Yes, it's also a dish. Yeah. I remember when I was looking it up, I was like, okay, okay. This is a hard one to pronounce, but you'll see it on menus. R-A-G-O-U with a hat on top of it, T. Rago, ragu, ragu, ragot. Ragu. How do you pronounce it, first of all? Help ragu, us out. Ragu, It's like your Italians have ragu. No, first Come of on. all, Italians don't have this spelling for ragu. And this, don't, this spelling but... always scares me. I never understand what it's trying to say. It's very, very funny. Uh, a ragu, my friend, very simply, and anyone can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it really means... A stew. It's basically a stew made over a low heat. Ragouté means to 
bring back the flavor. Goût means to taste. Goût is taste. Goûter is to taste. Oh, okay. Ragu is like a ragu, like bring back the flavor of something, you know? So like to uh, revive re the flavor. Like regurgitate a taste in the French palate. Regurgitate is not the right word when we're talking <laughs> about food, friend. Okay. But, but nice try. Yes. It's a Our, stew, though. It's basically. a stew. It's a stew. Thank you. So it's a stew. So it's not a ragu like Italians would see a ragu is more of a sauce versus a French ragu, which is a stew. Exactly right. Although I never, exactly I never right. use ragu in Italian. Uh, that's not what I use. Sugo is what I use. But anyways, that's another. That's that's for another show. Okay, rue. R o u x marks yeah. the spot on this word. Rue. Rue is a very very simple thing. It is a. Um, it's it's basically a thickener. Uh, so I don't know if you do this with your gravy at Thanksgiving, but if you ever add flour to the fat that has come off your turkey, for example, sure, you're making a roux. That's basically what you're doing. Roux is a flour and some kind of a fat together. Okay. Sauté. Yeah. Sauté. This is used Saute, all the time. Sauté, yes. Yeah, so it's from the verb sauter, which means to jump in French. Mm -hmm. And sauté is literally, you know... Uh, flipping your vegetables around, making them jump, oh. tossing them in a, uh, uh, usually it's medium, medium high heat and you're saute. No, you can saute over low heat. That's, I shouldn't say that. You can saute over any heat, but it's about letting those vegetables uh, simmer and uh, jump, jump on the jump. pan. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, sous vide. Everyone sous -vide, talks about sous vide. Buddy, stick that landing. Sous vide. Sous vide is, um, it's a type of cooking. Sous vide means under vacuum. Okay. Okay. Under, under emptiness or under a vacuum. And it's that process of vacuum sealing meat or vegetables and, and cooking them on a extremely low heat oh, in okay. a, in a water bath. Yeah. So you're, are you yeah. poaching the item in the bag or is it a you different could, style it's, of coating? It's, 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 it's even, it's even because poaching doesn't have to be under vacuum. Right. Uh, but it is, you know, it has its own name, sous vide, but, but you could. But poaching doesn't suggest the technique. When you say sous vide, you're suggesting that you're using that technique. And sous vide and, will cook it to a precise temperature, correct? Like you'll get it to the exact cooking that's temp right. you want, that's right. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what people love about it. Okay. You've mentioned this a few times too. Terrine. Terrine. A terrine also, listen, man, if I'm, if I'm hard pressed to tell you what the exact difference is between a terrine and a pate, I don't know. Again, duck terrine, my favorite. Um, I think pate almost always has meat. Terrine doesn't have to have meat. Maybe, maybe, but again, it is preserved in aspic or pectin or some kind of, you know, you have these terrine molds that you compress uh, meat and vegetables in and they're, it's just, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. Okay. Uh, our last two, my friend. Velouté. Yes. So this is where we can talk about the mother sauces. There are five mother sauces. Uh, everyone, I encourage you to look them up. Uh, you know, you had one of your favorites was, it's a weird one for me, but there's the bechamel, which you mentioned at the beginning. Love it. There's the velouté. There's the espagnol sauce, which is basically brown sauce. There's the hollandaise sauce, which is the one that aims to get you the fattest. It's butter and egg yolks. And that's the one that when you have like a eggs benedict, they pour it on your eggs benedict. And it's like, man, this is butter on eggs, on my eggs, uh, on toast with butter. It's, it's intense. And then there's tomato sauce. 
okay. sauce tomate. Those are the five mother sauces. Okay. And so, yeah, you use a roux typically to thicken these sauces. Roux comes in with these sauces. Beautiful. Uh, this well-linked. And, yeah. and, and would some of them have a mirepoix to start with? A mirepoix in the, uh, not this, the tom- tomato sauce for go. sure would have okay. a mirepoix to start with. Yeah. All right. My last one, my friend. And thank you for getting through them so quickly and so, so with such, which, which such a vigor. Uh, <laughs> vol au vent. Vol au vent. Vol au vent is interesting. Uh, it's a, it's simply a pastry shell. That's all it is. Okay. Vol au vent meaning, I guess, a fly with the wind or fly against the wind. Uh, but that's all it is. It's just a pastry shell. Um, sometimes it has sweet stuff in it, but also volovan. I've seen a lot of chicken volovan and shrimp volovan. Sure, it has meat as well. But it's just this, this, this pastry case, little like a little you know gift box, oh. like a little jewelry box, basically. Well, my friend, thank you for all that. I have one question for you since we're finishing. We finished that whole list. When you were a child, did you ever watch Three's Company? course come and knock on our door yes jack worked at a french restaurant and he would always make this his signature dish coco van and i want to know what coco van is because i use it with my wife all the time when she's when she's like uh doing an activity to avoid doing another activity i always say Hmm. to her are you making a coco van right now instead of getting to the task at hand because she'll sometimes cook a big meal when she has work to do or she has something she has to do learn lines or whatnot sometimes she'll make this huge dinner i'm like why are you making such a big dinner when you have uh this work to do and i know it's because she's avoiding the work she doesn't want to do and so i always say are you making a coco van or are you doing the work at hand so i so first of all, I was like, you've you've terrorized the word coq au vin. But then the way you say it to your wife is so incredibly perfect. Are you making a coq au vin? It, meaning, it, suggesting, are you taking a coq au vin and destroying it completely uh, and thereby wasting your time and my time? Or are you at the... I mean, you did. it's perfect somehow. It's oddly perfect. But it's coq au vin, which means chicken in wine. Chicken cooked with wine. It's just that simple. There you go. Have you made a coco van? I've made my uh, my interpretations of coco van. I find it a little bit dull. Okay. You're saying coco like it's coconut. That's right. more exciting to okay. me if it was a chicken and coconut. Coq. Coq au vin. All right. Coq au vin. All right. It sounds yeah. a little perverse, but then we're dealing with the French here, so it stands to reason. My friend, thank you so much. You indulged hey, me in awesome. this. I said to Ali, hey, do you mind if I just give you a list of French words I've always wanted to know, I've always wanted to talk about, and you're like, I'm game. So I yeah, appreciate I that. was scared when you told me that. I said, "Let me remind myself what the mother sauces are." I couldn't remember tomato sauce, if you can believe it. I always know hollandaise. I always know velouté. I always know brown sauce, and I forget that it's called espagnol. And I'd forgot the, uh, yeah, I'd forgot. I'd never forget bechamel, obviously, right. and uh, but I had forgot the other guy, there you the go. tomato sauce. Okay, bud. I hope people learned something, got excited, their appetites were wet. Get out there, make some French food. Tell they us. invented cooking, Marco said. No, I never so said. I, I said French was the language of cooking, and so a lot of terms we use are French because of and and French techniques mm-hmm. will live on in a hundred different cultures right. forever because they are fantastic cooking techniques. And escoffier, if you ever if you want to go to the library and look up one of the you know the, the, the granddads. Of, of modern French cooking, you look up uh, August Escoffier. He was a uh, he was a he was a bad man, a badass. Oh, was he a bad man in terms? No. Of, okay. A badass. A badass. A badass. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. All right. Speaking of badasses, it's been a pleasure, Ali Hassan, being on the you podcast. You too, buddy. 
Okay? We'll talk soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Until we eat and drink again, this is This Podcast is Delicious.